What is up, everybody? If you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. Well, Game Time is hooking everybody up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what you got to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, and then under the billing section, redeem code The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word for your $10 off your first purchase. Again, that's free money for everybody. Credit is only available for the first 1,000 people who redeem code and expires at the end of the year. And if y'all ain't know, that's December 31st. You got to make your moves quick. That way you can score last-minute tickets. KJ's hands are amazing. His running back skills, not so much. Um, if he would have went to the to the left, he probably would have had a touchdown. But he decided to try to jump over somebody. That didn't work out so well. So we're going to work on jumping over people at practice. Well, he is. Welcome back to another episode of Seahawks Man to Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. This is your boy, Christopher Kidd. You can follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. Down in Charlotte, North Carolina, we have Mike Dugar. Mike, what is up? Man, I'm feeling good in Charlotte because I really love Charlotte because I'm pretty sure I gain at least two and a half pounds every trip here because I eat so, so good. Like, I'm glad the Seahawks won. and they beat the Panthers 30-24 to 24, now that the one seed in the NFC, at least for now. Uh, that's all fine and dandy, but the chicken I've been eating out here and the cornbread, I've had like four different types of mac and cheese. Oh, oh man. I'm telling you, man. You got you got to come out here with me on one of these trips because we're going to eat good. Most definitely. What you guys just heard was... Bobby Wagner talking about K.J. Wright. The Seahawks have yet to put it together a full, complete game. And at this point, I think we realize who the Seahawks are. And I'm sure, Mike, you've, you've written about it a lot. And you also said, I think this is what this team is. But the defense today, what did you like? What didn't you like? And then, of course, K.J. Wright. I mean, I'm sure he's a lot of, he was the MVP today on defense with his two interceptions. So what, what were your thoughts about this defense? Well, I think that uh, K.J., is a very, very, very bad running back. <laughs> bro, that's what Bobby's talking about in that clip right there. It's exactly All KJ has to do is get up and run to his left. Does he score? I don't know. Does he have a better shot? Yes. He just, well, he ran, like, he ran directly to the defense, tried to hurdle a dude, fell on his face. Oh, my goodness. It, what, what, what a mess. And I thought that was, I didn't think that was, that was great at all. But that was, like, the only bad thing. Uh, from KJ on Sunday, man. KJ was uh, he was very opportunistic, and that's really what you got to be, man. We talked about this with Tedrick um, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. All it takes is a couple plays in a game or, or two to really shift how people view how you're playing, because the, the game game of football is all about making plays, right? Yes, people who yes. make plays are good players, right? Remember in the against the Niners in overtime that KJ and Bobby both dropped interceptions. Remember mm. that, Chris? Yes, I do. And it's just like, imagine how different that game would have looked, like, in terms of just, like, the narrative on defense if they would have picked off Jimmy G in the clutch like that and wouldn't even have needed the game with a field goal, you know? Like, it would have just been that much that much different. Uh, 
And so I think I think today was like one of those good examples. Like if they drop those picks, do they have a bad game? No. Does catching those picks make them look like they had a great game? Absolutely, because they made plays. And I think uh, they knew that they they were shorthanded today. They're missing four starters. Michael Kendricks is out. I think he has a hamstring injury. JD with the sickness and his uh his like little hip sports hernia joint. Uh, Ziggy. Oh, I should. I shouldn't say joint because it's not a joint, but uh, <laughs> that's just slang. How I talk, but yeah, Ziggy also has a stinger uh, in his neck. It's a problem, but he's been yeah. practicing. Uh, and then Shaq, who made the trip um, out to Carolina and was actually wearing a headset, uh, I think as well, uh, hearing the defensive calls and like giving his guys some coaching. So that was cool to see that like Shaq really just wanted to be engaged uh, with his teammates today. But they knew those guys were out, and they were like, "All right, cool. We're the LBs. We got to step up. It's gonna be about us we're playing against Christian McCaffrey." Uh, best running back in the league right now. Um, ter- although Derrick Henry's been tearing it up too, um, but Christian's probably the best one. Uh, they they knew they stepped up to the challenge. I really I really like just that part of it. Like hey, yo, we need to ball out. I think uh, I asked before the game. I tweeted out the starting lineup for the defense, and I asked people, hey, what are your thoughts? And then most they were mixed. Some people were like, oh, we're screwed. Some people were like, oh, we'll be fine. I think one person, I'd have to go find it uh, to give them a shout-out. They were like, you know, we'll be fine. Bobby will lead us. And, you know, it's it's that type of thing you can say, and you, you believe it's going to be right, uh, but you never really know. And I thought it actually came to life today. I think they did a decent job making sure Christian McCaffrey wasn't the reason that they lost. You know, they didn't shut him down. McCaffrey no. had a you know, every fantasy owner here knows McCaffrey had a good day. 19 for 87, two touchdowns. He had eight catches for 88 yards, uh, no receiving touchdowns. But, I mean, this game, if you just watched the game, you didn't feel like, damn, the Seahawks have no answers for number 22. Like, that should have been there. Because of how good McCaffrey is, that's their goal. The goal is make sure, like, you're not watching the game thinking, damn, they can't stop 22. It's the same thing. Like, when you're playing the Falcons, you just want to make sure, all right, cool. We'll make sure 11 don't kill us. That's, that's just like, you know, there's there's just some dudes like that. Like, when you're playing the Seahawks, you want to make sure, all right, let's keep Russell Wilson in the pocket and make sure he don't destroy us. You know, that's that's kind of the, the game plan. For, you know, Lamar Jackson, the same thing. Make sure number eight, you know, with his advantage with that dark skin, <laughs> doesn't, run all, doesn't run all over us, you know. So the Seahawks, I think, did at least a decent job of containing if that's like contain in football that's probably the best way it would have looked for them realistically of course he could have had you know 18 carries 30 yards or something of course but they wasn't gonna do that McCaffrey's too talented to do that they're too good at getting him the ball and the offense is just built around him way too well but getting those interceptions at the moments they came you know KJ's second interception came right after Josh Gordon had what is probably the worst play of the year <laughs> throwing that throwing the ball under throwing the ball into double coverage uh, that was that was pretty terrible uh, so KJ's pick was big in that regard you know CJ Prosize had just fumbled but not fumbled uh, the Seahawks were backed up before the end of the first half had to punt uh, Panthers march right into Seahawks territory in, in position to cut into the deficit. What does Bobby do? Snatches it away from Kyle Allen. So not only was it making the plays, it was the timeliness of the plays uh, that, that were really clutch. And you see they needed every bit of it, Chris. The Seahawks cannot play a regular game. They just can't. Every game got to be down to the wire, I swear. Except for that Rams game, every game got to be like that. It's just it's ridiculous how they got to do that. But that also showed how important Bobby and KJ are. When Bobby and KJ was off the field, boy, how many starters did they have on the field, Chris? When when McCaffrey ran that touchdown in, what, uh, they three? Were, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the Seahawks defense I was accustomed to seeing every play. 
No, yeah, I think, I think no lie. Let me see if I can rattle the top of my head. I think on Chris after KJ got hurt and Leno got hurt, uh, and Bobby was already out. I think their their start their defensive players on Christian McCaffrey's 15 yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter were Trey, Akeem King, B Mac, Marquise Blair, Cody Barton, Ben Burkirvin, Shaquem Griffin, uh, Jaron Reed, Quentin Jefferson. And Rasheem Green. Look, man, I'm high on some of those dudes. That ain't no playoff defense. <laughs> let's just let's just be clear. Uh, and it, especially not on the fly like that. So, yeah, Bobby and KJ were big today. And you could just see it was one of those games where, like, when they were on the field, it mattered. And as soon as they weren't on the field, it mattered as well. So, uh, when I look at the defense today, I thought, oof, finally, this is, the, this is the type of linebacker performance I kind of expected to see when they re-signed KJ, you know, last offseason. Yeah. And with the defense, again, it was – it's also weird because now Quandre Diggs went down with an injury and things didn't look good with that ankle injury. We'll find out more throughout the week. I mean, the good news is they're playing the Cardinals. You shouldn't take them lightly, but maybe that's a game that Quandre can actually maybe rest if need be. But losing him also was, was pretty big and the impact that that had. You bring in Lano Hill, he missed a tackle. McCaffrey jumps right over him. I mean, Wow. But he's been doing that all year, as we, as you were saying. He's the best running back in the NFL. He's he's going to make plays, and he did that today. And then who also made plays on the offensive end was Tyler Lockett, who is – he's back, baby. He He's back. He had nine targets for eight catches today, a hundred over 100 yards, and a touchdown. What was your take on your favorite route runner, Tyler Lockett, Mike? I don't know if he's my favorite, but he is really, <laughs> really good. I also asked Jerron Brown – the other day if Tyler was a top 10 route runner he said yes so just uh throwing that out there for oh you. you're you're throwing uh, bias out there let me I'm, I'm gonna talk to Jerron it's all good we'll, we'll get it we'll get it squared away <laughs> I already talked to him he said Tyler's top 10 I gave him my top 10 I gave him your top 10 and he was like yeah I think Tyler's in there so just uh just saying but you know I think <laughs> I think the overall the the passing execution was a lot better today, and it really needed to be. I mean, damn, the Panthers stink. <laughs> you know, these guys are not. I think they got some decent players. I think Eric Eric Reed's good. I think Jerry McCoy's good. But their corners uh, aren't, Mike. Their <laughs> uh, their corners are iffy, man. What's that one dude named Dante Jackson? Yeah, the young guy, second year. Yeah, see, I don't think he's bad. I think he's got some some, some potential. I don't know the other dude's name. Was it uh, is it Bradbury? Is that the other corner? I couldn't. T- I don't remember off top. Uh, uh, let's see here. I got it. In for- yeah, James Bradbury. I think they've got some potential there. I, th- I, I really think they do. Are those guys good? I don't know. Probably not. But, like, that team has good players. But, you know, I thought that the pass protection was a lot better. I think Russ, you know, was throwing some some, some good balls today. Although he underthrew that Tyler big one. Uh, but that, that throw and catch with Josh Gordon is what? Probably the best throw and catch of the season. Uh, right there, like Josh Gordon's gonna quietly be responsible for like the best play of the Seahawks season and the worst play. Oh yeah, like that, all, all all in one. I don't know if his I think his his uh his catch today might have been better than Tyler's against the Rams. I think it was just outstanding, and it, it was about time, man. Like DK caught the the one on one touchdown. Like I said, the pass protection was better. Russ was sharper. He over overthrew uh, a Tyler winner. He would have had another big day. Yeah. Uh, so I think. Because we were critical of the passing offense last week, especially with Tyler saying that they haven't been 
trying to go deep. Although I looked at some tape, they actually have. Just the execution was poor. Execution had been really, really poor. Uh, did your boy DK have a drop today? Man, that is the highlight of the day. Another highlight, I should say, is that DK did not have any drops. Everything that was thrown to him and he jumped up and made an attempt to catch, he brought it in. That's two weeks in a row where he had no drops, and that's definitely an improvement. And he's only going to get better. Brought to head into the postseason shortly. I'm excited to see what he can do. His route running looks great. I mean, my goodness, he's running right by defenders. He's using his physical frame, his speed, his size. It's good to see him doing well. Well, yeah, the main thing was he just needed to catch the ball. Uh, I don't think anybody dropped the ball today. Anybody drop it? I can't remember. You know, Mike, uh, you might be right. I don't think anyone dropped the ball. I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't recall one. Yeah. See, shoot. Even George Fant caught the ball. Oh yeah. <laughs> did they, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to look. Did they show that on the replay? They the, did. The yeah. He 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 gave all of his effort. Wasn't inbounds, but he he wanted to make the play, and that's that's what you got to see out of him. He's gonna get a touchdown. I think before the end of the season. Bookmark it. Oh man, I think Rush should have just thrown it up to let him go get that thing, man. Oh yeah, because he used to hoop, right? Yeah, he played uh power forward at Western Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, man, let him just box somebody out. Man. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm right he, there. He should have let him go up there and get it, man. That was that was pretty funny. I mean, I know Chris Carson had a big day today too, but for me, I always know Chris can have a good, you know, big day because he's such a good runner, man. He's it's crazy because he might not even be like a top five back in the league, but he's just so damn good and so tough. He just runs through cats, man. On that first touchdown run, there oh. was no way in hell he was going out of bounds, man. He was like, I'm going to go through this cat. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, what, he's, he's so physical, man. It's crazy what Chris Carson can do with the offense and how everybody feeds off of his energy. Tyler Lockett comes out and has a great day. DK has a good day. Josh Gordon is able to burn the defense. I mean, Chris Carson really opens up things for the rest of the offense. And the Seahawks are back to what they what they, what they want to do. Run the ball, run the ball and get some guys downfield and let Russ launch it and let speed take over. Well, you know what also I think uh, is a big thing? Well, just so we were talking about making plays and how one or two plays can be really impactful Yep. Um, in, in a game. You know, there's no one today. I didn't get one person. Maybe some people people's thinking it, but didn't hit me up asking me, oh, why don't, why don't they use Josh Gordon more? Why don't they use Josh Gordon more? Because Josh Gordon had one target today. <laughs> That's it, right? But because it was a big play, that you know positively impacted the game very few people is like oh man they should use josh gordon more just when you make one or two plays in a game it just changes how everybody views the game it's so it's amazing how powerful that that could be like for example that ball was what how far was that 58 yards yes yeah it's a 58 yard ball i wonder i wonder even if he doesn't catch that are we asking questions about the execution of the passing game like that's how big one play can be so the way they executed today i thought was really really encouraging you know hitting those deep shots one to tyler one to one to josh you know hitting the hitting the goal ball down the sideline touchdown to dk the, like i said the pass you can't the pass protection is a big part of the pass game russ can't just stand back there right like he's gonna die if there's pass if there's a pass for us so i thought they held up you know pretty good uh so uh, overall like i have to applaud you know their work today it was a little lull in there you know towards the middle of the game but like they were they had a pretty balanced attack today. I know you don't think they played a complete game today, but, I mean. I got to stop saying that, Mike, because I've been saying it for the last 14, 15 weeks. <laughs> it just ain't going to happen <laughs> at this point. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's say this. Because you're, you're right. They didn't, so, so, actually, you know, I, I will disagree. I will say today was a complete game. Was it a perfect game? No. Um, 
but you just for me, I never really expect blowouts. Not just even a blowout. Not even a blowout, Mike. Just a complete. They got to put them away. Is where I I really think. I mean, when you're up thirty to ten with six minutes left, they shouldn't get two more touchdowns. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That that that's a good part. And we're gonna get into that uh, too with the questions. But like, I thought the uh, with the with the vets on D. Well, I just watched the uh, replay of that Josh Gordon catch. That is spectacular. Um, yeah, with the vets on D. I thought they stepped up when they really needed to. KJ needs to work on his running back skills. Uh, and uh, I think that on offense, man, the pass, the pass game finally woke the hell up. It had been sleep for a little bit. I mean, Russ can't win MVP now. That's kind of out the window. But, yeah. you know, he's, he's at least playing better, which is, like, most important. Well, you know what they did win for today? First place in the NFC. That's what they accomplished today with their victory. And a help. And a little bit of help from around the NFL. Right now, your Seattle Seahawks are sitting number one overall. That has to be a great feeling, right? Who could be upset with that? You know what's crazy is that, like, they're the number one seed. And I think someone mentioned this in, like, their in my live Q&A, too. The Seahawks can really lose to anybody. Like, anybody. Like, no one thinks they're just going to run away with it, you know, they're sitting at the one seed. But that's just how tough, you know, this whole the NFC is to win every year, man. It's, it's very very rare there's like a clear 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 favorite i mean even when the seahawks were dominating right they needed like some of the biggest plays in in franchise history you know to go to the super bowl back-to-back years so uh but yeah they got to be feeling good got to who helped them out today it was uh cowboys helped them out uh who else who else helped falcons and shout out to you got two coaches on a hot seat who just helped the seahawks out (laughs) there's jobs openings (laughs) was that it was that the only two yeah i believe so yeah I'm trying to think. So the Bears uh, played the. Nope, that didn't matter. Packers are thirteen and three or eleven and three. Uh, let's see, who else are we thinking of? Who played? Yeah, the, no, I think I think that's it. I think the Saints play Monday night, but that doesn't matter. I think even if the Saints win, the Seahawks are still um, the number one seed. Yes, because the to the Forty ers beat them, and we beat and the Seahawks beat the Forty ers I think it it, it 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 shapes out differently. I forget the rules on that. I was playing with the. Uh, the math on the uh, playoff numbers—it's a—it's a lot. But basically, if the Seahawks—if the Seahawks went out and they're in a three-way tie at thirteen and three with the Packers and Saints, the Seahawks are who gets the one seed. So, Seahawks are just need to win out. That's their thing. And then if they really want to get the one, they need Green Bay to win out as well. So that's kind of the scoreboard. Uh, watching they're doing, or I mean, obviously just have the Saints just lose. All right. Well, there's, uh, there's there's obviously that. Oh. But I don't think the Saints are going to lose. Although they could lose to the Titans next week. so Who knows, right? As you said, it's the NFL. Yeah. Every team, you just can't come out there with that attitude of, oh, you got to play just like you would against any other team. You got to go out there and compete against the good and the bad. Yeah, man. Every team has great players. Like that's, that's, I can't put it no more simple than that, man. Every team has great players. Even if their record ain't great, every team has great players. And you know, yeah, They don't have a bunch, but they got some. At least, like they they just do, and they have players who potentially could be great on any given Sunday. Perhaps that's even more important. I should say that. And we have great listeners, and with great listeners comes great Twitter questions. Shout out to everybody that asks questions. We'll get right into it. Mike, you ready? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm always ready for this part of the show. Before Twitter questions, let's quickly pay some bills. Yeah, we're talking about ED, erectile dysfunction, and that discussion is never easy. Sometimes we'll brush our shoulders off. 
make excuses for ourselves, saying things such as, Mojo ain't there. I had a long day sitting at my desk today. Sorry, honey. I'm not really feeling it. Well, with Roman, it is very easy to talk about, and you can chop it up with a real doctor who can hook you up with some real medication. The three, well, not the three S's. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of your own home. Getting started is very simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash Hawks and complete an online visit. Again, just go to GetRoman.com slash Hawks to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Hawks for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Hawks. All right, let's jump right into it. Our first question comes from Ray at souls underscore Ray 23. I'm willing to bet he likes Jays. I'm just, just going by the name. I'm thinking he loves him some Jays. <laughs> Why did San Francisco struggle against Atlanta today? What can the Seahawks take away from that in preparation for week 17 against the Niners? Uh, I mean, it's just, just what we just said, man. Every team has great players. But I also think, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty hurt over there in San Fran, right? Like, isn't somebody on IR? Uh, DJ Jones, the tackle, I think. I think he's, he might be the defensive tackle, that is. I think he might be on IR. Uh, I don't know if Joe Staley played t- today. I know Sherm didn't play. Uh, but, yeah, every team has good players, man. On that final drive today with San Fran, I watched that. As soon as they got, as soon as they got the ball, uh, the, home, the homie was like, yo, watch, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Matt Ryan is going to lead him down the field. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. It's going to be Hall of Fame receiver Julio Jones. And the point is there, that's the inside joke between the two of us, but the, the, the main point is that the Falcons had all pro talents on, with the ball in their hands, needing only one drive. Their records didn't matter. The coach being on the hot seat didn't matter. Injuries don't matter. Great players had the ball with a chance to win, and they made plays. So, you know, that I don't think there's any big takeaway from that unless you're the Seahawks and, you're, and you want to look at it as, hey, we can't afford to slip up against nobody because we can lose. But I think they know that already. They know that. So, I mean, that was good for the Seahawks, but I don't think that the, the Falcons exposed anything, you know, in the 49ers that the Seahawks can use. Because I don't think, if you guys haven't noticed now, teams don't always look the same every week. The way they look against someone else is not how they will look against the Seahawks. If that was the case, the 49ers would have blown the Seahawks out of the water on Monday Night Football. But the, remember, remember that? Remember how hot they were? They were undefeated. You know, and they looked they looked regular against the I mean, they looked like a good team, but they looked just as good as the Seahawks at the time. So, um, that's the only thing I can really take away from that. Got it. Next up, we have DJ at Bacon Brown J. Why is soccer called football everywhere else in the world but here? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's it. Maybe Americans have probably got some. It's, I don't know the real reason. I'm not going to Google it just because, you know, I don't care that much. Uh, I bet you it's just it comes out of some, like, America superiority complex that we have. Think we're better than everyone everything so we name something different. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't watch soccer. Chris, you watch soccer? Don't do this to me. You know, man. It, it's not. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. You you struggle watching baseball, man. So I know you'll struggle watching soccer. <laughs> Next up, we got JRB at JR Batman twenty three. What up, JR man? Any updates on Mister Diggs? Q Diggs. Also, what was with the Josh Gordon at quarterback play? Pete Carroll said that Quandre has a sprained ankle, which 
is it depends sprains have you know varying levels of severity um i saw q just walk to the training room just fine with no boot he had the boot in his hand he wasn't wearing it um no noticeable uh limp so that's good but i mean the fact that the trainers gave him a boot and he was obviously into the training room um is worse is cause for concern my guess would be with the sprain that in which he couldn't come back into the game i would guess that he doesn't practice this week probably misses the game against arizona and then is a game time decision week 17 that's like my guess guess it's just like sunday night kind of thoughts knowing how the seahawks handled injuries and stuff like that uh that would be my guess and if depending on what is riding on the uh niners game there's a world where you could they can still win a division even if they lose it um i think if he's at least like 50 percent, they probably just you know shoot him up with some drugs and throw him out there uh so i think that that's my guess on what happens with Conjure going forward. And what was the other part of that question? What was with the Josh Gordon at quarterback play? It's crazy. I actually I'm not really a big fan of trick plays. I really not. as much as I you know am into like not being soft and everything, like going for it, having the ball <laughs> and stuff like that. I, trick plays. I just don't like plays that you don't practice that often. Like some, maybe some teams spend a lot of time on their trick plays. I don't believe the Seahawks spend a ton of time on them. I know they practice them, but I don't know they spend a ton of time. That's the reason I don't like like plays with like the kicker or the punter or stuff that has like other guys who aren't used to touching the ball, touching it. Same thing with trick plays. Like if it's something like a flea flicker, sure. Because at the end of the day, a flea flicker is just like really drawn out play action, you know, or, you know, maybe a reverse is fine. I don't know if we're calling that trick play. Maybe we are. I don't know. But when other dudes have to pass the ball who don't pass, look, passing is a very important decision in football. You know, so, I mean, if you're not good at it, if you're not used to it, then you, you got, you're more likely to mess up. So, you know, I'm not a big fan. And also, I'm not a big fan of throwing the double coverage. <laughs> I what? don't know what Josh was seeing. He probably, as soon as he got it, he was like, I'm going to throw this thing. It don't matter if he's open or not, I'm going to throw this thing. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully they never run that play again. I'm going to ask you this question, Mike. Which throw was worse? Christian McCaffrey or Josh Gordon? <laughs> okay, I didn't see this on uh, the replay or anything. Did Christians get tipped? Bro, Christian threw it in the dirt. Okay, see, I thought it got... I, it was so bad, I was like, there's no way that was that bad. <laughs> yeah. It had to get tipped. No, he, it, he he threw it. I don't know what happened. Maybe it slipped out of his hands, but no, nobody touched it. Oh, boy. Um, You know what? I'm still going to go with Josh's because he threw in a double coverage. And he underthrew him. <laughs> He didn't give DK a chance. So, yeah, no, that was that was bad. Throw that one out the playbook. Get All rid right. of it. Uh-huh. Done. <laughs> Next up, we got Old St. Drip at NKDD96. Why waste a timeout only to kick a field goal? I was excited to see them ready to go for it initially, but using that timeout in that situation was really frustrating to watch. I mean, who was the, who was the name on that question? Old St. Drip. That doesn't sound like someone who's new. That sounds like someone who's been around here who knows the game, man. You know Pete Carroll's soft with it, man. <laughs> what you asking that for? Are you at, wait, is that question about how why Pete Carroll mismanaged the timeout and then did something soft? Dude, <laughs> like, those those are right there in the Pete Carroll handbook. Miss, who cares about timeouts? And kick the ball. That's what, that's what Pete Carroll does. So, I mean, what's the deal? Yeah, man, that, that's Pete's deal. We just got to just kind of deal with it, you know, no pun intended. That's just who Pete is. He don't care about timeouts, and he like kicking. There it is. 
Next up, we have Thomas Beeson at Lil Taco 21. Of all the young backup players who had to come in because of injuries on defense, who impressed you the most and which player didn't really give you much confidence? What up, Thomas? Shout out to you, man. Appreciate the love. Yeah, man. He's always showing love. Um, let's see. Who? Okay, this is a weird question. Not a weird question. Excuse me. It's a great question. I'm going to give a weird answer here. I think the answer to both questions is Cody Barton. Um, the reason being, I think as the strong side linebacker, he performed well. I thought he's good in that role. Maybe he's not as great as a blitzer as Michael Kendricks, but, you know, he's got, you know, similar speed. Um, you know, he's, he's big enough to take on like tight ends and stuff and, you know, do, do his job there. He's got some, some decent feet for coverage. I don't know how much I, I would have doing a ton of that back there. Um, but, you know, I thought Cody was really solid. I think Cody ended up leading them in tackles. Uh, so, Or maybe he tied with Bobby. So I think as the Sam linebacker, I thought he was probably the best backup. Akeem King didn't mess anything up, so that's good good for him. Uh, I also think he just had a solid day. He didn't get tested much. He's just a solid just a solid day for him. Good for him. Um, who else? Okay, who was the least impressive? Okay, that one's also Cody, Yeah, I think because as good as Cody is at that Sam spot, I think there's something to be said for practicing there all day and all that, whereas, uh, oh, all week, rather, whereas he just got thrown in at the Mike linebacker spot and was like, here, call the plays. And it's like, no, that just takes some time. So I think that it was clear he struggled. I think he got, st- Chris, he got stiff on by the QBD. Was that right? Oh, man. I, I was hoping you wouldn't bring it up. But, yeah, he caught one to the head. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and, and then that's going to happen when you're a rookie and just thrown into that tough spot like that because there's, there's a difference between being the Sam and being the Mike, man. The Mike is you're in a lot more control. Like, you're guarding the middle of the field and stuff can go bad if you're not on your piece of cue. So, um, yeah, I think the answer to both is Cody. If that Does that make sense, Chris? Yes. All right, all right, cool, 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 cool. Appreciate the question. Uh, let's roll. Next up, long live decaf, Metcalf. Are the Hawks going to be able to? <laughs> are the Hawks I'm going sorry, to be? No, funny. you're good. Are the Hawks going to be able to overcome the injuries on defense? And what is the deal with the underneath zone nonsense? I, for example, he's talking about cover two that we've seen the last two weeks. Um. Okay. So overcome. We have to define that. I don't know what the intent of the question is there. I'm like overcome the injuries, like overcome and win a Super Bowl, like overcome win a division, overcome and get the one seed. I'm not really sure there. Uh, but I, I will say this, uh, they won't, if we're talking about like the most important thing, which is beating Arizona and beating San Francisco to at least win the division, um, which would get them a first round bye no matter what. Uh, can they overcome it in that way? Probably not. Like they can't, they can't go to the Niners game without Shaq, Clowney, Actually, just those two probably they cannot. They can live without Kendrick. They can live without Ziggy, I think. But they just can't. They can't go into that game without those two. So that and they can't go in there without Diggs either. Like, so if, if overcome is that question there, I, I would say the answer is probably no. You need at least two of those dudes. Of those three, of, of Diggs, Shaq, and Clowney, you need at least two of three for me to like, oh, okay, they can go beat the Niners. Without them, no, I don't think they have a shot. Uh, so in that regard, overcome. The answer is no. Do I think with some of those guys, like could they still be missing Kendricks or Ziggy or something like that? Then, then yeah. But not, not, not those guys. Those other three are really, uh, really important. Um, with their, with their little prevent defense there. Let's get into that really quick. I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on it, but I've thought about it. I've looked at 
some other instances of it in other games. And Chris, we forgive, uh, remind me if I'm missing a game here, but I think they were they were in their two minute defense a lot in the second half against Atlanta, um, and they were in it uh, in the fourth quarter against Philly, in the final half of both halves against the final minute of both halves against the Rams in week five. That's the only one. Just week five is what I'm pointing to. Uh, and they were in it as well uh, against Philly. Am I missing anything? What about mm, what about Tampa? I'm trying to remember. Oh, no, I think Tampa was just tearing them up. Um, that could be that case. You're right. I mean, it was back and I, forth. I'd have to go back and look at that one. You're right. You could be right. They put up so many points. I'm not no, sure. but I think um, I think you might have a point there. But go ahead. My bad. So. It's not just like they didn't have Bobby and those guys, and they were just bad. So, you know, I think it's it's a bigger issue than that. But I also think, here's the thing. I don't think the coverage itself is bad. Plenty of teams play that, and it works just fine. Plenty of teams drop into cover two late in the game, or cover four, or whatever, uh, just to keep everything in front of them. I don't think the principle there is, is, is flawed at all. You don't want to play too aggressive, and you end up getting burnt for it to, you know, a touchdown to cost you the game, like the Cardinals did in... Uh, whatever the game they lost to the Niners the second time around, you know, called like a blitz, got burned. Panthers, like last week, got burned by a bad blitz. You don't want to be playing too aggressive. Obviously, there's a middle ground between covered two and blitzing. But my point being that playing conservative there is not the problem. Now, I think the problem that the Seahawks have in those instances is that they're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. They're not getting a pass rush, which is problematic because it's not like the defense is catching you off guard. You know they're going to pass. So your pass rushers should be able to pin their ears back, I guess. I've never understood what that phrase really, where that came from. Um, but the, the defensive line should be able to do that and go get the passer. The fact that they haven't been able to do that is the biggest problem with that, like, preventy defense. It's, it, yeah, they're giving up yards and stuff. They're going to give up yards. Yeah, they're giving up some, some touchdowns there. Sure. Um, it didn't cost them any games, which is the whole point of it. But the main thing for me is that, like, they're not getting there. Rasheem not getting there. Rasheem not getting there. I think the only time they got there was against the Bengals in week one uh, to kind of end it. Uh, maybe against the Cardinals, too. I think both of those games ended with strip sacks or at least sacks. Uh, so that, for, for me, you need a pass rush in that situation. And they really haven't had that. I think that's the, the biggest issue with their kind of soft defense there is that those quarterbacks can drop back when you know the pass is coming and still get it off without any pressure. Okay, okay. That was yeah, good, no, I, I got, I got, I got, I got good on that one. I felt that was a good answer. I think. <laughs> yes, sir. Next up, Mr. Collins is back. At one, Stephen Collins. Hey guys, good to be back for the pod Q and A. Hope all is well. Couple of questions: Who is your MVP on both sides of the ball today? With injuries to both defensive line and cornerback, hypothetically, if Janoris Jenkins and Terrell Suggs both fell to their waiver spot and were both available. Who should the Seahawks select? Oh, man, there was a lot going on in that question. Um, I will say this. Oh, man, actually, I'm watching the replay of the game right now. If Ugo completes that pick six, he's the answer of who impressed the most, by the way. Um, but he did, so alas. Um, if Jenkins and Suggs. Okay, so I have to split this question up and give two answers. I've been doing that a lot. But the reason is... I think that if – because there's a report out there, I think it's from Adam Schefter, that Suggs will not play. He won't show up unless, you know, the team that claims him is the Ravens. So 
in that case, the Seahawks should just claim Jenkins, right? Because you should claim the guy who's going to play for you. That's just duh. So take that into consideration. That's the answer there. If Jenkins, or excuse me, if Suggs kind of maybe changes his mind, changes his heart, sees the money coming, is like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I'll actually get some money either way. So that's a bad explainer. But let's just say he changes his heart, whatever. If he sees us the Seahawks and they're in first place, he's like, oh, I'll play for Seattle. If he does, if he's willing to do that, then you plug in Suggs. I think. I think it's just easier at this point in the year. You'd be doing it in what week sixteen, week seventeen. You know, I think it's easier at this point in the year to just pick up a pass rusher and play him than it is to uh, you know plug in a corner who would have to play you know you know way more snaps, you know way more audibles and calls and signs and signals and everything. So that that's how I would look at it. It's it's tricky because of what the report on Suggs is, uh, but. Yeah, let's, if, assuming he'll play for whoever, then you go get Suggs. And who was your offensive player on the offensive end? I mean, who was your MVP on the offensive end? Um, okay, offensive player, Chris Carson. Just, that dude's a beast, man. He's going to go for 1,200 yards this year, maybe more. He might go for, uh, what, he might go for 1,300 yards this season. Like, that's crazy. Um, let's see. So that one's, that one's a no-brainer, man. Chris was a beast. His, two, his touchdown run in the fourth quarter, or whatever that was, was supposed to be, like, just to get the first. And they ended up just running through the defense and scoring a touchdown. Um, defense. Oh, defense is KJ, man. Even though he, he's a terrible running back, uh, he was great on defense today. So I'll, I'll go with uh, KJ. All right. Next up, we have Matt Minto at M. Minto. Hey guys, why does it seem like Russell Wills, Russell has a hard time getting the ball snapped before the play clock runs out? I think he had one delay of game and many other close ones. Are the play calls not getting to him on time? Thanks. Uh, I mean, I don't think Russ is like gets a lot of delay of games. I don't. I mean, I think he had one today. I don't. I just don't think that's that's the thing. I don't think he has any more than any other quarterback. There's so much that goes into a play call being made. I don't really think that's. In, that's an issue. I don't want to completely dismiss the question, but yeah, I just I don't see that you know as an issue for this team. All right, next up, Travis Barton at High Speed Homer. Hey, I had questions about prevent scheme mindset, but the Rams and Niners threw me off of that hashtag playoffs. So how are we looking health wise? Where some of the guys held out today because we were playing the Panthers and second, what's your favorite cheese? It hashtag Go Cougs hashtag Go Hawks. Hey, go Cougs, cheese it bowl, baby. Um, let's see. Now, I, I think I don't. Let's see who was held out because of the opponent. I mean, maybe Shaq was. Shaq might have been held out because they knew they could beat Kyle Allen with with Akeem King and Trey in there in queue. Um, now, okay, Shaq might have been the only one. Jadavian, I don't think so. He didn't even make the trip. I don't think Ziggy made the trip. I don't know if Kendrick's made the trip. All the guys who made the trip, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily think that they were held out as a precaution. Do I think that if the game was at home, JD would have had a better shot to play? I think so. I think part of flying cross country with a dude who's sick, putting him in a tight space with everyone else, <laughs> was just <laughs> as big of an issue as him being sick itself. Like, yeah, they weren't going to put him in a little tiny little space with everyone else on the plane for five hours. That's just, especially with the flu bug still going around. So, uh, I don't. I don't think so i do think that those anyone who's kind of banged up but can kind of play on uh, week 17 they're gonna play i think that game, that game matters way too much for anybody who can who can run and and sustain a hit is gonna play 
Like that's that's gonna be like the bottom line criteria there. All right. Next up, we have Coffee Dad Eleven at Coffee Dad Eleven. How much Travis Homer do we see next week? Keep up the great pod. Appreciate the love. I'm not sure we'll see a whole bunch. I know this question probably stems from CJ Prosize fumbling and Travis getting a couple carries. No, I, I think they're not going to give up on CJ just with, you know, one fumble. That was He didn't actually fumble, if we're being really technical. I mean, although the coaches will see it probably differently on film because he just tripped over his own feet and fell. Uh, but, you know, they've been giving Prosize chances, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth chances since, you know, his rookie year in 2016. They're not going to give up on him, you know, with – two games left just because he fumbled once. Uh, I think when he ran the ball, he looked, he looked good. I think he had a first down catch uh, as well. So I think that maybe Travis is still going to be the number three guy. Maybe only get like four or five carries. But, I mean, hey, he's a project. You know, CJ is the one who I think could be a bigger contributor right now. Uh, but, yeah, it's, they're going to mix Travis in, but I don't think like we're going to see like him running a ton against Arizona or, or San Fran for that matter. So go back to Travis real quick. His question: What's your favorite cheese, at Mike? Oh, oh, the white cheddar. Look here, white cheddar cheese is some of the best snacks ever invented. All right, that's it. Duh. White <laughs> cheddar cheese is. Next up, we have Benjamin Harper at It's Not Right sixty nine. Can the Seahawks pass rush be more aggressive as we get closer to the playoffs, or have we seen the tip of the iceberg, aka three to four weeks ago? Well, if, if they're asking, could they be better than they were against, like, the Niners, the answer is probably no. Uh, that was outstanding pressure just by a one-man effort there by J.D. to just wreck shop. Um, so, no, I don't think they can be better than that. Um, but, yeah, overall, they could just be better. They only had one sack today. Although I thought they were active today. I will say that. I thought the pressure was there. I don't have the pressure numbers available yet. Uh, but, like, you know, look at K.J.'s – First pick, I think he gets tipped by Puna um, at the line. Look at KJ's second pick. You know, Jay Reed applies the pressure. Quarterback makes a bad pass. You know, there were some other plays in there with the pressure. You could tell affected Kyle Allen, who already stinks on his own with no pressure. So, you know, I got to give those guys some, some love there. I mean, they didn't get the sacks, but they were active. And you can tell pressure burst pipes. Um, so... Can they be better? Absolutely. Will they need to be better against the Niners? 100%. Man, I think Rasheem's due for, like, a Rasheem game. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? He's, he's due for one of them games where, like, yep, Rasheem's going to be a great player in this league. Like, he's been solid. He's been really solid back half of this year. But he's, like, due for one where he just wrecks it. And I think that's that's coming. All right. And last up, he just got in. Ryan Turner at Turns 44. Hey, Ryan showed up. Lots of injuries building up, but the kids are getting a chance to play. Who isn't a starter now, but will be next year? Thanks, as always. The finish line is near. Keep killing it. Appreciate the love, Ryan. Um, okay, so it was who's not a starter now, but will be next season? Yep. Uh, on, he said on defense, or he just said in general? In general, man. You get to pick, Mike. Uh, of the young guys, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, a lot, I think. I think a lot of these guys will be, be starters. Um, Name top three. How about that? Give three guys, Mike. I think Cody's going to be a starter next year. I don't know where. At what spot, I mean. Um, Cody will be a starter next year. I think Ugo will be a starter next year. 
I'm t- well, Ugo makes that pick six and has to play the game. Um, so I think he's got some potential there. He's got, got to hold on to the ball. Um, I think Cody and Ugo are both starters next year. I think Jamarco Jones is a starter next year. Um, I think that's probably it. Yeah, that sounds right, right? Oh, uh, maybe Phil Haynes is a starter next year. Too. I was that that was gonna be my next one. I was gonna actually throw that in there, but you read my mind. Those are my guesses. So what I say, Ugo, Cody, Phil, and Jamarco. There it is. You... So three rookies right now, and then a second year guy who's in his first year, basically. Yep. Perfect. That's my guess, man. It feels feels weird to say LJ won't be a starter, but here yeah. we are. Here we are. Thank you, everyone, for asking Twitter questions. We appreciate all the love and support, Mike. Before we get out of here, what is the hot take? After a good Seahawk victory in Charlotte. Um, let's see here. First off, I agree with you. Thank you for all the love. Thank you guys for all the support. Keep it up, man. We in the home stretch, man. I'm excited. I feel like Pete. We are in the home stretch here. Let's go. Let's keep keep the questions coming. We want to see a bunch after Arizona, after San Fran, into the playoffs. They clinched the playoffs, so you know we gotta get at least three more games out of this team. So we, let's let's finish strong. We love it. Um, my hot take before we get out of here is that Dallas is going to beat whoever they play in mm. the first round of the playoffs. If, well, if it's Dallas, I, I'm, I'm assuming there. It could be Philly. But if Dallas gets the four seed, they're going to beat whoever the five is. And they, I just think it's one of those perfect examples of what we talked about earlier. Every team has great players. You don't got to be better than them the whole year. You don't necessarily got to be better than them overall. Like, you don't have to necessarily have better talent than them. Your talent just has to show up. And Dallas is probably just as talented as any other roster in the NFC. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're just going to beat whoever they, whoever they play. It doesn't really matter who it is. There it is. It's been another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. We want to thank everybody out there for listening. Be sure to rate, review the podcast on iTunes. We're available on Spotify and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll be dropping another pod shortly this week as, we, as the Seahawks will prepare to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Mike, is there anything else you want to add before we shake, man? I already showed some love to the people. You know, I'm going to finish up this, uh, uh, my morning after. I'm going to try something different this week. Uh, it should be out by the time you guys listen to this. Hope you enjoy it. And I'm going to sleep on my, my plane ride home. There we have it. We'll catch y'all later. We out. You see, I don't have to drive me. You can say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke some. Me and try the marijuana. I was never you good. The vibe was straight. Shows you a couple of